Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Well, hi, Bill. How are you this week? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Spending some time uh, enjoying the great outdoors and at my cabin. So Excellent. I'm Excellent. the one at my cabin this week instead of you. You're uh, like yeah. here in your office there. Yeah. In fact, I was traveling. That's one of the things that's come back now is work travel. And so I was actually out of the office all of last week, which is kind of an odd feeling yeah, because it's just you know, now with, with Zoom and post-pandemic, it's like there is no pause in work. Yeah, there wasn't before, but now definitely right. not. So it's like going through airports on Zoom and everything else. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting new world we live in. It is. I've taken many a Zoom conference from airport lobbies. Well, so now you were just traveling and there's a lot going on with government and Congress is back in session. So yep. I'm not um, the only one traveling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Congress is back and they've come back from the summer recess and we're going into a, a November of midterm elections. Yep. So there's a lot. And there's, of course, two really important pieces of legislation that are out there that we've talked about. What's now called the Salsa Act, which is it led to a lot of jokes about chips and other things being on the table. <laughs> but the Salsa Act, which is essentially the bill to address the lab cuts, which are looming from PAMA and the way it was introduced mm -hmm. and then valid as well. So, which is out there. And so they're both super important and they'll both need to be moved on before the end of the year. A lot's happening, a lot of conversations. I've been actually meeting with some members of Congress here over the last couple of weeks to talk to them about, about salsa in particular. Yeah, this is a really important time for advocacy. Uh, salsa, so reminder for our listeners, this is Saving Access to Laboratory Services Act or SALSA, is really a bill designed to mitigate the harmful effects of the PAMA Act, which had some drawbacks that we can remind everyone about, but really it would entail some very significant cuts in laboratory reimbursement. And that could really endanger laboratory access for our patients, especially um, some of our older patients, and uh, really limit how laboratory services would be available across the nation. Yeah, no, it's, it's first of all, just to remind people, to your point, so PAMA was protecting access to Medicare Act, mm -hmm. so it seems ironic that you'd have to introduce a, another bill about saving access, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the way that PAMA was written, it was to have a more of a market-based pricing, knowing that they needed to modernize the fee schedule for healthcare and for labs in particular. It was going to be market-based. But the way that the bill was actually enforced or they acted on led to oversampling or preferential sampling of commercial laboratories. And so really carved out, it didn't accomplish what it was intended to do. And that's include the hospitals as well and their reimbursement. So really mm -hmm. set the bar much lower for reimbursement than was intended from the bill. And so as a result, there's been these cuts that are built in. First started collecting data, I think in 2017. So it was like 2018, just going into the pandemic, we were due to do another round of reporting, but it's important to, for people to know, first of all, we've been pushing for this as, as clinical laboratories really throughout the pandemic. All that we've gotten so far are just delays in the cut. So each year mm -hmm. Congress has agreed not to change anything, but just to delay any pending cuts. 
but the reality is that those continue to accumulate in the background. So that's why if we don't pass something, there could be really significant cuts to, you know, up to 15% or more on some of the reimbursement for our tests. I've heard from some of the major commercial laboratories, you know, they're looking at an impact in the hundred million dollars or more. So you can imagine that they will have a real impact on every clinical laboratory if we don't address this. I agree. I think it would lead laboratories to have to make really tough decisions about what type of testing and services they would offer, and it would probably involve reductions to the services offered to patients. It would really undermine laboratory infrastructure, what's essential for day-to-day -day care. So it would have a very significant negative impact on laboratories and, and patients then. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of my biggest concerns, there are many, is that the people that will be disproportionately impacted again in the facilities are probably those that are already struggling, right? Which are many of them are serving economically disadvantaged areas or, you know, rural health where there's low access. So it could really, really, I mean, it's more than just a name in the bill. It was all we kind of made light of it at the beginning. It really could threaten access and really drive more disparities in care. So that's why the good news is that as I've had the opportunity, you know, working actually more as the AC, American Clinical Laboratory Association board chair to meet with some members of Congress to kind of describe why and get their support for the legislation that everyone we've talked to, I mean, has agreed that something needs to be done. That's one of the first things that clearly the pandemic, our collective ability is, as laboratorians to respond to the needs of the country hadn't been forgotten. So people by and large are receptive, but advocacy to your point is really important. And you might ask why? Well, that get, really gets into a couple of things. First of all, the bill has to actually be introduced. So that means, and it has to be introduced by a member of Congress. So that means our representatives in Congress need to know that it's important to us, number one. The other is then the process by which it would have to garner enough votes to pass, right? Really what's happening right now is to, with doing a little bit of government 101, which I needed to learn, is that any kind of spending bill like this, the bill that affects congressional spending actually has to go to uh, the CBO, I think Congressional Budget Office, to actually get a score, meaning how much will would we anticipate this cost? So then as Congress looks at spending, you know, they can kind of rank because they'll have to, they know how much that money they have available. And so then that's all where the negotiations begin about what gets included and what doesn't in spending bills looking at and while they maintain fiduciary responsibility to our budget. So it will have to go in. So that's the process that's happening right now is trying to get that score from the CBO. Again, if we don't advocate as to why this is important and really make it clear, even though everyone kind of agrees, it could be easily kind of lost or pushed down the priority list. There's a lot of competing needs for congressional funding. Yeah. Very well stated. That was a great reminder. I learned a little bit as well. Important to refresh our memory on how our government works. So I would say for the people listening, many of us are involved in various organizations that would advocate on our behalf. ACLA, as you mentioned, uh, American Society for Microbiology, College of American Pathologists. And there's going to be a lot of messaging coming out about SALSA and a lot of action items, letters, templates to write to Congress, to show your support. Uh, there's some campaigns on Twitter. So I would say everyone don't just delete those emails automatically or ignore them because you're too busy, but just take the time. It's so important to then take those steps, write that letter, take the template and modify it and reflect on how it really, this bill would impact you and your lab and get that message out there. 
Absolutely. I know, again, I'm most involved with ACLA, American Clinical mm-hmm. Lab Association. I think tomorrow is our, our social media day where we're going to try and raise awareness. There's a, they tab on, if you go to the website, I think it's uh, Save Lab Act now, or there's a, but there's basically an organized effort there with templates, including like a letter that you can take and send to your representatives in Congress. And I can tell you that those have a huge, they have a major impact. I mean, people mm-hmm. always say that. But we hear it when we talk to these legislators, it's a lot of things on their plate. The more they hear from their constituents that these things are important to them, it really does raise their visibility. So you're right. There's a lot of good tools. I don't know if CAP or any other organizations have tools like that out there for people. Do you? They do. I've seen some. I've uh, submitted letters already. That was a little while ago. There's probably still out there. I would say everyone just look at your professional groups that you are very active with. ECLA is always a good one to start with because that's all of the laboratory. Yep. So there's a lot out there. Most important is to take the time. It doesn't take much. It makes a big, big difference. And I can tell you that we even had to to get the delays last year passed. It was so much was going on. You think a year ago, everything that we, we were dealing with, that advocacy actually was an important part for us actually getting the grassroots effort of getting the delay passed, because that's what we were most concerned about last year. So it has a big impact and it will have a big impact on us all of us, if this doesn't address. It's sad to say that it's at risk of not being addressed, but you know, I think it is because there's so much work to be done in Congress. It's easy for stuff, even that everyone yeah. recognizes important to, to, to kind of slip. Completely agree. So yeah, everyone out there listening, you hear what's important and hopefully everyone can just find that time. I know I'm gonna be looking at that later today and I'm gonna be joining in on the Twitter campaign you know, every little bit helps. Yep. I think I've even solicited Gretzky's help. So maybe. Oh, good. He has a Twitter <laughs> feed, so. Well, you know, I have a cat named Polly who's polydactyl, by the way. I'll have to see if she wants to help out too. Yeah. Well, with polydactyl, she should be really good on social media. Yeah, that's so. right. All those extra fingers. Exactly. Those. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. And a, an important topic for this week, Bill. We'll continue to update everyone on this. And then, of course, there's other things going on and the pandemic. Is it still going to be a pandemic? When's it going to not be a pandemic? So lots of things that we'll be talking about and keeping everyone up to date on. Agreed. Yeah, it seems like we're not going to run out of topics anytime soon, which is good. Never. Very good. All right. Well, have a great week. Talk to you again next week. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoy your cabin. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.